Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm And we are very excited to be joined by Dr. Kirk Schneider, who is the author of several books um, and a person who I think everyone will be excited to hear from today. Uh, often on Democracy-ish, we talk about anxiety. We talk about, you know, the end of the world and existential crises <laughs> that we are all facing. And, fun stuff. Um, fun stuff. And Dr. Schneider's book, Life Enhancing Anxiety, Key to a Sane World, as well as The Depolarizing of America, a guidebook for social healing, um, I think are tools that we absolutely need. Um, Wajahat, I will turn it over to you for your movie phone introduction. Dr. Kirk Schneider is a psychologist and psychotherapist who has taken a leading role in the advancement of existential humanistic therapy and existential integrative therapy. He is also the current editor of the Journal of Humanistic Psychology. In 2022, he, in 2022, he was a candidate for the president of the American Psychological Association and is a co-founder and current president of the Existential Humanistic Institute. Dr. Schneider, welcome. Uh, and thank you for indulging in my immaturity when I do that movie phone voice. But, you know, uh, one well, of the... Uh, thank accepted. you, thank you. I, I appreciate right. that. I have to say, I'm not current editor. I'm former editor. Oh, former. Yes, you know what? Let's let just make you the, the former editor. But you're, you're, you're an impressive person. And, and, and you know, uh, we threw a lot of words out there and people are like, what? Psy psychotherapist? Psychologist? What, what's happening? And we'll, we'll unpack it. But, you know, for democracy-ish, one of our reasons of being is to preserve and fight for democracy, but we also openly say it's to preserve and fight for our sanity while both are under assault from forces committed to tyranny. And, you know, just a laundry list, top of head, uh, stuff that we have to deal with. Uh, Alabama has decided to regress on women's rights. Uh, apparently, embryos have more uh, rights than living women. Uh, we are enduring climate change. Gun violence um, is the number one cause of death of children and teens in America. Uh, Donald Trump, who might uh, become president, says he'll be dictator for a day. Uh, we're dealing with uh, lies, misinformation, the rise of measles, because people don't believe in vaccines anymore, uh, mistrust of science, and oh yes, the rise of white supremacy because Nazis were marching openly uh, just over the weekend. And with all of this, and with the lack of connection, and with loneliness, people are feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling stressed, they're, they're feeling anxious, 
they're feeling depressed and they're like, what's the point? How can I have hope? How can, how can I feel tethered to something? And in your book, Life Enhancing Anxiety, yes, I said it correctly, <laughs> Life Enhancing Anxiety, uh, you have a quote from one of your teachers and, and I want to lead with this. The quote is the following, freedom and anxiety are two sides of the coin. There is never one without the other. So thank you, Dr. Schneider, for that encouraging opening. <laughs> well, you're very welcome, Lodge. Well, what I can say in this brief period of time that we have is that uh, anxiety is two sides of a coin. Uh, I, I define it as a very primal terror of the unknown. Mm. And it's very basic to our ancestry uh, and to our birth as individuals, actually. When we come into the world, it's basically a sense of shock and terror at that which is unknown, that which is different and other. And the whole question is, can we develop skills and tools to work with this basic terror of the, of the unknown and come into the other side of anxiety, which is a call to the unknown? our sense of wonder, mm. uh, wonder and discovery. So, so can we move from a mode of terror and overwhelm by that which is other, different, out of our control, in a sense, to a place of more presence and centeredness in that which is uncomfortable and uh, as scary at first, and 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 often for good reason. I, I don't want to downplay that. I mean, that's that's one, one side of anxiety is very adaptive. We call it signal anxiety, and I was referring to it before when I said that you know it it, it it's very primal in the sense that it can warn us of of the dangers and can move us to have reactions like fight or escape that can help us deal with you know, the immediate threat. But the problem is that too many of us feel this primal threat when there isn't an immediate and direct threat in our environment. And just because we don't learn the skills and tools, especially in our culture very much, we're much better at dealing with external, rearranging external things or uh, dealing with our devices and not our inner lives very much. And that's a lot of what I'm trying to provide in this book. And my thinking is help people develop skills. You know, one of, the, one of the things that I think did really bring people inside, both literally inside COVID and quarantine, um, but also inside of themselves, was that collective traumatic experience that we have lived through. And readily, uh, Dr. Schneider, we have moved into a place that is not back to normal. Um, and, it, and yet, it's, it's, I, I always say that it feels as if you're trying to put on clothes that don't quite fit. They're not oversized, they're undersized, they're just not fitting anymore. And that is how I think that the world feels for a lot of people. 
And while I agree with you, at one time, I think that we make up a lot of anxiety in our heads. Do, do they like me? Do they want me? Am I going to get fired? You know, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Catastrophizing. Except that the catastrophes are now in our headlines on a regular basis. And so my question for you is wondering, you know, what would have, what are the, the, the best ways or some of the ways that we can now adapt to what is really our new abnormal to really understand the inner struggles that we're having. There are days when people tell me, I feel exhausted. I don't know why. I went to bed at eight o'clock, but I feel so weighed down. By the time Friday comes, it feels as if we've lived three weeks in one. So I'm wondering, you know, what, what does it look like to really listen intently to our inner worlds and adapt uh, to ways that have us move in, in a healthy manner? No, great question. Part of the issue is that the, the closer we are within the radius of immediate danger, the, the more difficult it is to do just what you're talking about and develop what I call life-enhancing anxiety, which is the capacity to live with and make the best of the depth and mystery of existence is one way to put it, or to more concretely, to be able to live with, to live on the edge of wonder and discovery as distinct from terror and overwhelm. So I think we need to, first of all, get to a place that feels relatively safe. And that may be some uh, undistracted time, or maybe even on, on one's walk where one takes some time to pause mm -hmm. and reflect reflect on what is really going on here, what's operating here. Am I in immediate threat and danger? Or are there other possibilities I can look at here? For example, you know, can I appreciate maybe the, the beauty of nature on my walk beyond that headline that's scaring me? That's part of the problem is these headlines are so sensational. And they're, and they're making us feel like we're all in that immediate radius of danger, when that's not necessarily true. But it becomes more and more true the more we feel that way. So we we need to pause, reflect, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and get a sense of the bigger picture, uh, a relationship that I'm appreciating, uh, a creative project that I'm working on, maybe uh, travel. There are a lot of possibilities I can come up, like being in a dark basement and your eyes slowly adjusting to the light. Right. The first yeah. things seem very threatening and they're about to jab you or whatever. But if you can stay, hang in there, stay with it and gradually begin to see that there are some opportunities in what looked monstrous or threatening at that immediate moment and see more possibility, a bigger picture. So then we're able to respond more than react. I think that's a mm -hmm. really important distinction. Mm -hmm. So to pause, reflect, and respond, as opposed to a kind of knee-jerk reaction to people, places, and things that feel very unknown and other to us, if you will. You know, the pause, reflect, and respond, it, it, it oftentimes, uh, you know, it, it, it's what people say, 
for those who suffer from anxiety, right? Take moments, whatever moments you can find in life and take a second and be grateful or just appreciate the moment or take joy in it. But here's a question for those who are not necessarily PTSD, post-traumatic, they're present. For the people who are mm. under constant, you know, just, just um, c- ceaseless, unending torrent of anxiety, uh, whether it's due to the economy or health, what advice do you have for them, Dr. Kirk, right? Because they're like, I want to pause, I can't pause. If I pause, I'm dead. Uh, I want to pause and reflect, but if I pause and reflect, I lose my sense of security. It's nonstop. I got to run, 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 run. What would you, you know, and people feel this way, right? So what advice would you give those folks, especially who are listening, who feel like I would love to pause? I don't even know how to pause. Mm. Well, at some points, uh, I mean, if if the threat is is imminent enough, direct enough, uh, you got to do what you got to do to survive. I mean, I, I understand that. You must fight the shit-covered bear. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> but there are people that are still in a lot of threatening situations, even if it's not like going to happen this second, but they feel bombarded, like you're saying, with so many stresses, and it's constant. I'll give an example, poverty. I, I hear you. So this is a rather ambitious proposal. But uh, one of my platforms for running for APA president was that we need to mobilize what I call a national core of mental health providers to provide affordable and accessible longer-term therapy, coaching, uh, mentoring, especially in underserved areas. This is crazy talk. Crazy Mm -hmm. talk, Dr. Mm -hmm. Schneider. How dare you? It's a five-alarm fire, and we got to address yeah. that. We're not putting our priorities in something like that. Uh, this could be government-sponsored. It could be partly, you know, voluntary and also privately supported. If you know, people need to realize that we're in a race against time, and uh, mm-hmm. I think more and more people do feel in the kind of you know desperate situations you're talking about. Basically, what I'm talking about is we we desperately need a base of support for what I call emotionally supportive relationships. I think this is perhaps the biggest thing we're really lacking in contemporary Mm -hmm. society, in our quick fix, instant result world. And I mean quick fix in terms of ideology, in terms of leaders we identify with who promise the moon, uh, in terms of violence and war and guns. We reach for the first thing. Very, very smaller attention spans. Or we're so dependent on our devices. And so I think we need to promote a, a massive movement that uh, up, upholds what I call emotionally restorative relationships. And those are relationships where people feel heard and seen and that get at the roots of their problem. And it's not about rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. And that's what I think we're doing much too much of. It's, some of these things are good. We we need you know medicines, and our you know emergency rooms and our cognitive behavioral therapy to help people recondition their thoughts and so on. But what we more deeply need are human beings who can be really human mm. with each other mm-hmm. and provide that mm-hmm. kind of relationship, so that people who are suffering and and are so raw can develop new internalizations toward themselves 
because that's where it starts. Supportive and understanding internalizations toward themselves because they're in a relationship with a helpful witness who is providing that kind of support and understanding. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, I think that the, the, the older I get, um, the more that I realize that the goal is not to move around or jump over or just not to have anxiety. It's really to develop the skills and the ability and the nimbleness to move through your anxiety. Because to your point, there are some, right? And, you know, we always go back to prehistoric times, the fight or flight, or, you know, those, those prickle, the prickliness that comes up on the back of our necks to alert us that something is awry um, the intuition that we have that we, you know, the, the gut feeling that we, that we move past. But the, the idea that I think that I have learned throughout the years that I have been in therapy is that it is about how we cope. Right. Mm. And I think that because we are such an individualistic society that is not steeped in community that is mm. not steeped in, um, external, uh, family, right. That has moved away from the village and from, um, intergenerational care, right. That the idea that you say that we need other people, we need these caring relationships by virtue of being quote unquote American. We have told people that that's not it, that if you can't manage on your own, then there must be something wrong with you. So how do we move through that sense of being? Short of, of having a national core of, of depth dealers <laughs> who are available to people and, and affordable. Uh, I don't like this idea of healthcare and helping people. This is this is very radical to me. Uh, you know, the, the, no. the American in me is being challenged right now, Dr. Schneider. Absolutely. I mean, we have a surgeon general. I think we need a psychologist general. I've called for mm. that. Or, or a, an office of psychological advisors. That wow. Really pulls together a lot of the kinds of opportunities I'm talking about, including, by the way, uh, these bridge building dialogues I've been involved with between people of very contrasting cultural and political backgrounds. I call it the experiential democracy dialogue. There's also Braver Angels, who's brought li liberals and conservatives together for living room style dialogues. But to make those much more available in our society as well, so that we begin really uh, 
fostering seeing each other more as human beings than as labels and stereotypes. And that's what these kinds of, you know, structured humanizing dialogues bring about. But what do we do short of that? Find a helpful witness. And that's mm. Alice Miller mm -hmm. as a psychoanalyst who came up with that beautiful phrase. And many of the people who have been in really tough circumstances, uh, I'm thinking of Maya Angelou here, who was raped as a seven-year-old child, grew up in very impoverished and, and very oppressive circumstances due to her, her race, found a helpful witness actually through reading books by people who come from a similar place, like Langston Hughes. I know he meant a hell of a lot to her, but showed that you can rise rise above mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. a stuck place like that, that it is possible, you know, that those writers show how they've done it or they illustrate how that can, can be done. But beyond writers, you know, finding a neighbor, a, a relative, a friend who will sit with you and be more present, really hear you, really co-create that space of listening and of supporting you to discover the more of your situation rather than just being, you know, stuck in that one place to the degree possible. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You know, Dr. Schneider, I'm going to do a recap for the people who are listening uh, because we want to help folks at the end of the day. You know, you mentioned pausing, reflecting, taking a moment to find joy in, in whatever situation you're in, uh, finding a witness especially in this disconnected world, the importance of investing in relationships, emotionally supportive relationships. Um, and even I would add, well, you know, this whole aspect of narrative and storytelling, you know, imagining a, a better situation, right? Uh, but for so many people, uh, they're alone. For so many people, they don't know their neighbors. You know, for so many people, I've shared this on, on this podcast before, my friend who's a psychiatrist, uh, very well educated in a very good community near Stanford says that the number one overarching problem that he sees that connects all of his clients is a lack of connectedness. And, 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 and to be very personal about this, I've talked about, I have OCD. I got it from my father. And, and the only way out of OCD is through. You have to literally expose yourself to your alleged demons and fears. You have to literally sit with the anxiety. It's terrible. I do not recommend it to anyone. But this whole concept of exposure that you're talking about also, and, and, and I want your answer to this based on how we live in modern society, is even though we have the world at our fingertips, thanks to smartphones, we're less and less exposed to people who are different from us. We're literally less yep. and less exposed yep. to human beings. How mm -hmm. do we expose ourselves? Like what's the best practice you can give us to literally expose ourselves as people aren't even talking to each other on dates, they're just swiping, which is wild to me. I married pre-swiping, by the way. Certainly no simple answer here. Uh, I mean, I, I, would, I would recommend if, if people in those situations 
can get out at all and have the, the willingness, the ability, try to connect with a, a very uh, low-cost counselor, if you will, like a, an agency. Usually universities provide those kinds of counseling situations where at least you know, you're connecting with somebody who has some background, some training in being more human. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is what a, a lot of our societies come down to. But there are such places around where people can find them maybe through the, their local psychological societies or associations. Uh, they can look them up in their towns. They can join groups, you know, maybe spiritual groups, groups that seem to you know, contain like-minded folks civic groups or maybe, you know, even book book groups of some kind. I know these things because, aren't always readily available, but... No, but I think, I think... Yeah, I think that the point is that in order to get unstuck, people have to recognize that they are stuck, hmm. right? Yeah. And I think that what has happened is that because of our push to go back to normal, because of this like renormalization of things that are absolutely insane, right? Like it isn't normal that every season there is a historic storm. It isn't normal that we can't have a celebration or a parade without a shooting. It isn't normal that we are witnessing horrific wars and death that we're scrolling through in real time on, uh, on social media. It isn't normal that, you know, a child can't go to the bathroom at a school and not like end up being beaten to death. Like those things are not normal. And those are just things that happened in the last two weeks. And so I think that what's important for folks to understand is that in order to move and pull yourself out of being stuck is to recognize that the sluggishness, the weightiness, the tiredness, the apathy, you know, the grief is very real. And I think that, you know, Dr. Schneider, that a lot of people are hesitant to say that they're in a state of grief when they're not being directly affected. I didn't lose somebody to gun violence. My child wasn't killed. Like I'm not in the war zone. So they don't know that what they are feeling, that the grief and the weightiness that they are feeling is in fact real. So can you just speak to that, that this, this idea that you don't need to be readily first person experiencing it in order to receive the ripple effects of that trauma. You can experience trauma vicariously, as we say, but, you know, based on what you see around you or what you witness in your household, abuses or fighting or hearing gunshots. Or, yeah, I mean, it's, it's perfectly understandable because the issue is very primal again. I want to go back to that. What people have to realize is that uh, this terror of the unknown is inherent you know, right, right from the start of our lives. And it, it gives us a sense of groundlessness and helplessness, as I put it. That's in the background of virtually every anxiety and trauma that we have, in, in my view, my understanding. And it happened to me personally, too. Vlad, you talked about your OCD. I, I had very extreme anxiety, panic as a young kid, especially. So uh, yeah, I had to take time with it and work with it. Fortunately, I did have a therapist. I had a couple of therapists who were, who were just crucial to helping me turn my life around and relate to myself in a more mm. supportive, 
you know, and caring way. But I, I guess I do want to reinforce your message, Danielle, about being more careful towards yourself. Mm, mm -hmm. Don't just treat yourself as a piece of meat or just uh, like you're going through motions. It's the same old, same old, and and accept that. I think this is what taking some undistracted time to pause, reflect, and then respond can bring. Is uh, it can it can help people to take some moments that they rarely take to really look at what's operating here, what's going on, what what really matters about my life. I mean, that's that's the yes. key existential question, right? Mm -hmm. It really matters about living, about this space and time I have, or flash between two voids, really, as it's been put. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have a lot of time, but we we need to realize that you know we're dying every second that we're alive, and it's, it's gonna it's gonna be over. It ain't a dress rehearsal, as they say. So, how, what are you gonna do with this life, and and how are you gonna relate to yourself and others in this life? So, yeah, I would I would recommend to. Uh, those people who are within hearing distance to uh, take some undistracted time, of, you know, as I said, walking or maybe in, in your home, if you can get away and find some private time, even, even 15, 20 minutes to, to just check in with what's going on and try to be with it for a little period of time and see what emerges from your reflection on it. And then do your best to respond to the situation as opposed to just in a knee-jerk way re react to it. Mm -hmm. Maybe even keep a journal of what you experienced mm -hmm. during that uh, undistracted period. You know, uh, Dr. Schneider, we appreciate your time and we appreciate you giving these tips. And it's also good to know, and I think, and I appreciate you sharing that you were also a child who had uh, just terrible panic and anxiety, right? Because oftentimes I think many people say, well, he, he, knew, he doesn't know what it's like. And you're like, not only... Am I a practitioner? I was also uh, once, uh, you know, a client and a victim. And so you know how it is for those who are, are, you know, our listeners who are suffering from OCD or anxiety, depression, sadness, apathy. Uh, we've all been through it. And so the tools that you've given and, and the work that you've done, uh, you've done the research and it's helped people give them meaning and hope uh, and reorient their lives. And, and especially as many of us feel rudderless and, and anchorless, uh, you know, to give people that grounding, that sense of firmness and purpose. So I, I really appreciate you and this conversation. And for everyone who's listening, read Dr. Schneider's book, Life Enhancing Anxiety, Key to a Sane World. Well, thanks so much, Waj and, and Danielle. Uh, Thank really you. I appreciate this conversation and, and your, your keen responses as well. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajat Ali, the new drug czar, <laughs> food czar. What's, I, I'll be the food czar. A czar, yeah. Yeah, a czar, just a czar of the United States. A czar, yes. And we will be back next week if, in fact, we have a country left and Waj is not busy czaring. <laughs> Inshallah. Inshallah. Inshallah.